0: Give them lots of affection, lots of hugs, lots of kisses. When it's over, don't bring it up again. Forgive them, move on, and you're going to find out that if you do that consistently with your children, they are going to love you. I mean, it's just natural. Kids love their parents, and especially sons love their fathers. You really have to go out of your way for your child to hate you. And it's not going to come through discipline. It's actually going to come by ignoring him.
1: All the way from Bokota village in Limpopo, South Africa, we bring you Missionary Minds, where you can learn about family, church history, biblical worldview issues, and of course, missions. All from the mind of a real world missionary of almost 20 years. And, but Paul, why do so many parents avoid disciplining their children? First, the story.
0: William Carey, of course, is the father of modern missions, kind of kick started the modern missionary movement in the 1800s. And as the father of modern missions, he was very successful. But as a father to a number of young children, he struggled, at least in the beginning. Uh, He battled with his wife's uh, mental illness, his wife Dorothy, for many years. He's doing all kinds of translation work in India. He's away from his home culture. Uh, He's away from his friends. He's, He's away from his home church. And his sons really started to spiral out of control, in a sense. Uh, They were uh, deprived of their uh, mother's gentility and love in some ways. And as you read about Carrie's biography, you could see that they were self-willed and in some ways uncontrolled. I think it was uh, Marshman, one of the Serenport Trio, who referred to of the oldest Felix as a tiger and they were just kind of going the wrong direction to the point that William Ward could see that perhaps they would abandon and leave off Christianity altogether so he took a great responsibility he brought those boys under his wing. Ward was actually not married until his early 30s so he did some of this work probably in his single years and he showed them love he would sing with them he would take walks with them he would disciple them, and he would really do for them what Carey should have been doing for his children. And I just give that illustration as just a reminder that parenting is hard, and disciplining children is hard. And if someone like William Carey, who is such a giant in church history, could, could struggle with this, then we as parents could struggle mightily with this as well. And so today we're going to talk about some of the common excuses. I chose six of them that parents use uh, when it comes to discipline their children, or in this case, not disciplining their children. What are the reasons they do not discipline their children? We're going to try to unpack some of those.
1: Thank you for that introduction, brother. And as you speak about people like William Carey such a respectable man in terms of all he accomplished. And we were discussing this a few days ago, that we want to approach the subject with humility. You prayed right before this, because in one sense, none of us are capable of the task. None of us are worthy of the task. And God has such a high standard. Um, But we want to be able to look at these things carefully and through the lens of scripture and to take away how best to glorify God with our lives, especially in this arena. So what would the first one be?
0: First one I jotted down was this I can't bear to hear my child cry. Uh you think of uh Solomon anticipating this excuse, this is Proverbs 1918, this actually the King James Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy son spare for his crying. Uh, In other words, it would be better to endure the crying of your child in their younger years than having to cry yourself and seeing their tears in their adult years because of a life of sin that they've lived. And this makes me think of the story in Numbers, uh, an amazing story. of We think about Phineas, but what happens is they are worshiping false gods God comes in and says, you need to hang the leaders of Israel because they've gone after Baal. And while these bodies are literally dangling in the noonday sun, and as the people of Israel are, are weeping because of their sin, here you have uh, a young man, and we're actually given his name, we're given the young lady's name, and you're given the fathers of both of them, which I think is amazing as well. Uh, the name is Zimri and Cosby. And in the midst of this horrible day, and in the midst of all these tears, Zimri decides that he's going to hook up with Cosby. And they just kind of saunter into their private tent and commit immorality. And then Phineas comes in, he takes a spear, drives it through both of them, and this really stops the plague from happening. And then later on, you find out the, the father's names. So for all of history, We have the names of those two, and we have the father's names of those two as well. And part of that is because the fathers and the parents forgot that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And I wonder if they looked back and said, If only I had instilled more discipline. If only in those early years when they were crying, I would have been more of a disciplinarian. I would have. Uh, chastise and chasten my children as scripture uh, commands me to do and now there's plenty of tears coming but now it's too late, they're dead makes me think of Thomas Watson's a line where he says that tears are actually good he said, a sin must drown in tears of repentance or the soul must burn in hell so when you see those tears you remember that there's an alternative to that it could be you simply overlook it, and then there's a harsh road ahead for them. Let me give another one, and then you can jump in. One might be My child's had a hard life. And it makes me think a little bit about going back to Carrie. I wonder if Carrie, we don't know for sure, but I wonder if Carrie started to think that way. He started to think, I brought them to India, they didn't ask. Uh, my wife, Dorothy, is going through hard times, they, they didn't choose that particular life. And so perhaps he's thinking sickness or difficulty or poverty or learning disabilities or whatever it may be. My child has had a hard life, and we should be patient with those kind of things. I'm I'm not denying that children have difficulties that they face in their life, and we ought to be patient and caring and gentle with them. But challenges like that can at times shield a child from parental discipline. And uh, a good biblical story of this might be. Jacob and Esau as you know there's favoritism between the two Esau loses his birthright well he sold it but we know that his father Isaac favored Esau and perhaps he had a little victim mindset and said ah can you see how my son uh, Esau is treated he's had a hard life and now I'm going to kind of favor and overlook some of his sins and then on the other side you have Jacob and he was favored by his mother and his mother started to kind of overlook some of his sins, and they had heartbreak that flowed from both of those, perhaps because the mindset from those parents was, my, cha- my child has had a hard life, and therefore I can kind of be soft on them. Parents, we need to be on alert for children that use challenges or suffering or difficulties as an excuse for their sin. Now, we know that trials can have a unique temptation for us towards sin, but they're never the cause for our sin. There is always a way of escape. So we have to be careful of the, the victim mindset that can often crop up among children.
1: You've mentioned two so far, that's not being able to bear one's child crying, and also if the child has had a hard life. And those are both temptations not to discipline one's children. But I think of the child having a hard life, he can also do with sickness. And it's interesting that scripture doesn't give a caveat for uh, sin or folly being bound up in a child's heart, whether they're sick or not. It still is there, and the parent still has to deal with that child accordingly. What's another one?
0: How about this? Uh, My children won't respect me. And I would say, children won't respect you if you pamper them, if you're soft on them uh fathers we need to remember that first we're just that fathers we're dads we're not friends uh i know that and i've asked many people this personally it's been true when i look back at the coaches and my parents and the teachers that i respect most the they were the disciplinarians i make a habit of even in our ministry here when i'm driving with the young people in the vehicle or i'm sitting down for bible studies and i ask them about their school and i often say like who are the Who are the teachers that you respect the most? Almost always, they say it's the kind of the disciplinarian rather than the one who's always telling the jokes and you know, kind of being wanting to be the friend. Hebrews twelve nine says, "We have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them." The NIV makes it even clearer. It says, "We respected them for it." In other words, it was because we were disciplined by our earthly parents that because of that, then we actually respected them. And if they hadn't disciplined us, we would have respected them less. I just recently in the United States, one of the great basketball coaches of all time in college hoops, Bobby Knight, in his early 80s, dies. He's a household name, at least in the U.S., coached Army in his early 20s. Then he went on to Indiana for several decades and then closed out at Texas Tech And he was a tyrant in many ways. I mean, he was severe and he had a lot of that military background. And people feared him and his players feared him. But try to find players who had a greater love and respect for a coach than the players of Bobby Knight. I mean, you saw people coming to his funeral and pouring out uh, words of gratitude upon his death. These are grown men who have been out of basketball for decades. Gray hair with tears in their eyes, because they had such a respect for Bobby Knight because they knew that he had their best interest. He knew that uh his greatest goal was not to be their friend, he had a certain standard that he demanded of his of his players, and so no one respects a pushover. It makes me think of uh, you know one of david's sons that that lost respect for his father because. David would never raise a finger to discipline him. First Kings 1.6 His father had never at any time displeased him. That is his son. Why have you done this so? I don't, I don't want to say it's all positive affirmation. It's all words of um, plus signs and no negative signs. I don't want to say anything negative. And I think in the end, it's actually going to be the reverse of what you think. You think they're going to love you more. In the end, I think they're actually going to respect you less.
1: As you were speaking, it took me back. I try to think back to some of my teachers from early days. There are three teachers which stick out. Grade 3 teacher, Ms. Bates. And it says something that I remember her because my memory is so awful many times. And then there was my Shauna teacher in high school and my grade 7 teacher. I remember them all because of what disciplinarians they were. And I respect them more now because being on the other side, I see what a fool I was when I was younger. And same goes for my father. He was the most respected man in the Katunga family to an extent. Justin decided, you better get your act straight. And that was because of what a disciplinarian he was. And as long
0: as we're on names, right? I mean, I can drop some names. Mrs. Shepherd. My grammar teacher. I just remember how she demanded us uh, in choir practice, and how we had to diagram those English sentences. Mr. Gallard, as well, was uh, my version of Bobby Knight, and he he coached the girls' teams, and he uh, taught our drama clubs, and he was our math teacher. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be, uh, you know, Bobby Knight in in their personality, but I know that he he demanded. Excellence and he wasn't a pushover and there really is a deep respect Typically that young people have for that kind of thing. It's amazing Young people teenagers really they can see very quickly if someone's real or not They can see if, if an older person is hypocritical and I think they respect it when someone is um, True to who they really are and they demand excellence uh, let me just drop in another one. It might be this: "My child's infractions are no big deal." This would be the parent who says, "Well, it's not that bad. Why do I need to discipline them?" So you have a two-year-old, and he refuses to say please. I remember um, Vodi Bachum gave an illustration one time where he would go to a church, and he'd have a little kid, and Vodi would put out his hand, and he'd say, "You know, how are you?" and the The child would just, you know, hide behind the the leg of his mother, and she'd say, "Oh, he's shy," and he said, "Oh, I'd keep my hand out," and just like, "Okay, I'll just wait till he obeys," and she'd kind of nervously laugh, like, "Oh, he's shy," like, "Well, he's disobeying," was his point, and so we look at that and say, oh, "He was shy." Oh, so we kind of overlook that uh, peccadillo, we might say, and then he's five years old, and he uh refuses to shake so and so's hand and then he's 10 year old, 10 years old and he you know refuses to clean his room and then he's 15 years old and he uh refuses to sing at church and then he's 18 and he doesn't want to go to church and then he's 25 and he's living with his girlfriend and won't move out and all of these are kind of little stepping stones of rebellion along the way and each one is little amped up from the previous one and we just kind of look over them with the moniker uh it's no big deal well That's not true. All disobedience is sin, and all sin, in a sense, is a big deal. The wages, even for one sin, is death. And that's why parents need to discipline their children speedily. They need to discipline them thoroughly. I can't tell you how many times in our home, we have eight children, and we're all sitting together. I mean, even last night, my wife was gone in town for the full day, and I was doing my other thing. And so we all came together in uh, one of the children's rooms and we just all laid down on the floor and just talked. And it was fantastic. We laughed and we gave each other back rubs and we ate and it was just a wonderful time. And then inevitably when little kids are going to do something wrong and you're internally, you're thinking, I don't want to ruin this vibe. There's a great mojo going on in this room. I don't want to ruin this. And then you think I've got to deal with it. I can't overlook it. Now, I'm not saying every time you deal with it is got to be uh, some kind of corporal punishment. It might be a gentle word. It might be a rebuke. But oftentimes, it's one of us has to take the child, take him gently out to another room, sit him down, talk to him, or discipline. And that's important. Proverbs twenty-three, fourteen: Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. That's the King James. And it seems to us that Solomon is saying, if discipline intimidates you, consider the alternative. There is a word at the end of that verse. It says, hell. Let me give another one. Uh, My child will hate me. Oh, just think, oh, if I discipline my child... He's going to be angry with me. I've actually found the opposite to be the case. I've often found the love meter, if I can put it that way, increases uh, when I discipline my children. I think our children will actually love us more if we discipline him and, of course, discipline him in love. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen, Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. And... We see the story of Eli. He refuses to discipline his sons Hophni and Phineas, and they cause all kinds of problems. And in the end, they meet a terrible death. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to discipline our children harshly. Not at all. How many adults do we see that are embittered at their parents because their parents were too severe with them? And so, the New Testament warns us of this. Uh, the passage in uh, Colossians 3:21, Ephesians 6:4: Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. The Colossians passage adds to that, so that he won't be discouraged. In other words, don't irritate, don't don't provoke them, don't embitter them, don't poke them. Uh, in a sense, it's going to lead to resentment. It's going to lead to resentment because they're going to say, either you know, everything I do, I can't satisfy them. They're never happy, or they're just going to think I'm worthless. I'm trash. I'm nothing. I'm unskilled. I'm not good at anything. No, neither of those are good options. So. Hug your kids, give them lots of affection, lots of hugs, lots of kisses. When it's over, don't bring it up again. Forgive them, move on, and you're going to find out that if you do that consistently with your children, they are going to love you. I've heard someone say, "A uh, parents, especially a father, really has to try hard." I mean, it's just natural. Kids love their parents, and especially sons love their fathers. You really have to go out of your way for your child to hate you. And it's not going to come through disciplining him. It's actually going to come by ignoring him.
1: You've mentioned both that the children's infractions are no big deal, that being one excuse, and that the child will hate the parent. Just to put it back a bit, uh, when you say the infractions are no big deal, especially the ones that seem minor, could you comment a little on when parents give their children countdowns? Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, there's actually an excellent book called, here's the title, something like Don't Make Me Count to Three. That's the name of the book. And it's just highlighting the bad parenting that we do as parents, because if we allow delayed obedience, we're really allowing disobedience. So delayed obedience is disobedience we are sinners so we're always going to go as far as we possibly can and so what you're going to find not only counting to 3 but then the children are going to quickly learn i don't have to i don't have to obey until my father like throws a chair across the room or until he starts screaming like then i'm going to know he's really serious but if he just simply tells me go in your room and do your homework well i don't have to obey that and you're really teaching them disobedience so demand obedience right away, all the way, and with a good attitude every day.
1: I've actually seen you and Sissy Melinda practicing this when a child is acting up. And obviously, in my inexperience, I'm tempted to just be like, okay, hey, maybe a little more grace. But both of you are just like, okay, he needs a reminder now. And off to uh, discipline or to to speak to him in private. And, and it's
0: hard. I mean, we th- failed sometimes. You know, there's been times where they've disobeyed and i thought if it's obvious he knows i can't overlook this but sometimes you pretend you didn't see it or well, you saw it but you know if you see it you have to deal with it and you're tired or you're busy and that's why it's so important for parents to be together that's why this feminist satanic lie that says all you really need is a mama you know all the bike needs is one wheel Look, if the father passes away or there's unusual circumstances, uh, we, we sympathize with those people. But God has designed the home to have two parents because they're helping each other in the task where the other parent will say, come on, we got to do it. Or the one is their hands are busy in the cooking dough and the other one comes in and says, I'll take care of it. It's so important for both of those parents together to be on the same page one thinks, oh, he doesn't need to be disciplined. The other one thinks, absolutely. Wow, you have to really work on that in closed, behind closed doors so that you have the same mindset when little
1: Johnny should be disciplined or not. Mm. Please, give us the next one.
0: All right, discipline isn't loving. Uh, how can you discipline? I actually love my child. I can see that you hate your child because you are always disciplining them. Well, no one loves his sons and daughters more than God Almighty. God is Love. He loves his children a billion times more than the dearest mother could ever love her dearest son. And we know that God, who is love and loves his children, disciplines his children. Uh, Hebrews twelve six, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. So when a parent refuses to discipline his children, uh, they say out of love, not true. They actually hate their child. Uh, they're like the. The crowd that sees the, the blind man, he's walking down the road and he's got his little stick and he's about to go over the end. And we say, well, we don't want to warn him because he might be angry with us. We don't say anything. No, you didn't love that man. You hated that man. Proverbs 13:24. whoever spares the rod hates his son.
1: Thanks for that, brother. And so you've given us six excuses. My child has had a hard life. I can't bear to see my child cry my children won't respect me, my child's infractions are no big deal, my child will hate me, and discipline isn't loving. Any closing remarks?
0: Well, one of my favorite Puritan quotes, they used to say that if a parent refuses to use the rod on their children, God may use their children as a rod upon them. So let us as parents strive to follow the biblical commands and carry out loving discipline upon our children.
1: God may use their children as a rod upon them. What a humbling rebuke. And what a treat Mpundisi. To our audience, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate it and subscribe to keep posted with more upcoming content. Feel free to share this episode with someone who might find it interesting and submit any questions you may want answered in a future podcast. You can email those questions to Paul Slayline at gmail.com. You can also visit between2cultures.com for other resources like this. I'm your host, Yamikani Katunga, and until next time, that's it from Missionary Minds.